Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. So usually when you play the ESSR Fantasy Draft, you've got a 10% chance of winning. They've got a former draft winner and a multiple-time champion. My odds automatically increase, so I've got a 20% chance. But then, when you're a genetic freak, you've got a 33 and a third percent chance of winning. So then you add a 20% on a 33 and a third percent chance of winning. You've got a 53 and two-third chance of winning. But then you m- minus the fact that Charlotte, your main point scorer, is, is out. Then you've got a 44 and two-third percent chance of winning. See, the numbers don't lie. And they've spelled disaster for you on Saturday Draft Live. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. I am medium sized Papa Pump Scott McLeod, welcoming you to another episode of Saturday Draft Live. Joined by my cohorts, as I always am, little Petey Pump, Jack Graham. <laughs> little? <laughs> <laughs> Not an accurate description, listeners, so. And. I used to go to Bob Pump classes, David Hockney. <laughs> I honestly thought you were going to say I was Big Papa Pump for a second, because oh, that would oh, have oh. been that would have been accurate. Would, would it? Yes, it would. And this week, trying to get that image at my head, this week, our special guest to talk about his uh, team in a little bit, he is the captain of Team Versa, a man who I banned for three months but that's time's up and now he's back. Is uh, Big Gary V. Gary Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, guys. How are you doing, Gary? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. I'm pleased, much, uh, much, feeling much more pleased with my team this season than last season. I got let down big time last season with Charlotte and my team, Scott. <laughs> um, yeah, she was, she was not a star player for me last season, so... Um, yeah, um, I'm glad she's causing the same pain in you. It couldn't have happened to a nicer person. Uh, what's your thing there? You're on thin ice. The, the, that band can become permanent. <laughs> Why was I banned anyway? That was I didn't even know I was banned. You, Jimmy Campbell invited you on and then you helped with this merch with a good name with Saturday Draft Live saying this was not the best show on Yes Director helping to further a comment that Daniel Campbell had made that got him banned. Uh, I, I remember one time my wife's, one of my wife's friends fell out with me and didn't talk to me for a year, but I didn't see her for a full year, so I didn't know that she wasn't talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll just dive right in a, the top three of this week, and Dave, you're still near the bottom of the table, but you must be happy with this result as AJ Styles is in at number three with 11 points after a successful US title defence. Yeah, I'm uh, very happy with uh, with this result this week. Like, And I, I evidently said last week that um, I had a gripe with WWE for not giving us the, the title match between AJ and Drew Gulak, but I'm glad they followed through with it this week and now it's paid, paid dividends. Uh, because I knew coming around the transfer window that AJ was going to be a hot commodity for anybody. So at the earliest opportunity, I had to get in there, and it's evidently here it's paid off. Yeah, but are you concerned that because 
I don't know what AJ does at Extreme Rules, if anything. Are you concerned that we won't really see many, many more like title defenses or it may just be appearances from here on? No, I, I think he's going to have a... I think he's clearly got a feud going with Matt Riddle now, and I could see him defending the title against Riddle at Extreme Rules, hopefully with a successful retain as well, even if it's under dubious circumstances. But no, I'm not worried at all. I think that's a, a hot feud that's building up to a pay-per-view, so I'd say it's, it's going to go quite well. And uh, you, what do you think of this uh, result for or Dave? Do you see much more of the uh, of age stuff? Because he says he's got the feud with Riddle, but it looks like Riddle's involved with something with Corbin at the minute, judging by last night's SmackDown. Yeah, and if I if I feud with Corbin's in the go by, it's going to last about a year. So I want to see Styles <laughs> uh, have a chance going up against Riddle for some points for Dave. Obviously, it's it's good to know for it, but it was something that I, I questioned during the. The transfer window, which I think it was kind of brought to light by quite a few folks, it's quite quite an obvious pick to take. But how often is he actually going to wrestle? I feel that it will it will be a consistent points getter for Dave, but will it be a consistent high points getter. Some will need to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Hey Gary, you must definitely be happy with this one because uh, the woman who is now your captain and was on like, all three shows this past week, uh, Sasha Banks, is up at seventeen points. Yeah, I mean, Sasha's really paying off now. A slow start to the season for Sasha. And um, Sasha's been um, a bit of a bogey pick, I think, for a lot of folk in the previous seasons of the draft, Jack Graham. Right, uh, freak it, mate. Freak it. Uh, so, and when I picked Sasha, there were a few raised eyebrows amongst the other teams. Um, I mean, I clearly didn't anticipate her being in three shows at the time. If it was hopeful there would be the you know, she would be one of the, the top stars in SmackDown, but could not have envisioned the the type of performance that we started to see from her now. She's really in a, a bit of a golden era just now. She'd probably come out on the losing end at extreme rules, but well the the long uh drawn out feud with Bailey looks like it might be getting closer. So I imagine that she will continue to be in a, a prominent position all the way through the, the rest of this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to kind of almost answer the question I, I had, that, like, despite Sasha doing so well for you and being your captain, are you at all concerned about the possibility that she won't really beat Asuka at Extreme Rules Rocky Horror Show? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't expect her to win that match, but... Um, uh, so that will be a bit of a, a, a hit with her coming out on the losing end of that. But she looks like she's going to be featured prominently wrestling most weeks. Um, I'm not sure we'll get many weeks like this one where you have three three uh, outings in one, one go. But I think she'll be... Uh, yeah, she might... I, I do expect her to come out on the losing end of Asuka, but I do expect that just to be a, a real short-term blip in this, the length of this season. That's what we need. Mm-hmm. It's uh, this one's very much a marathon. Very much so. Uh, somebody who's always been seemingly a reliable pick, given our, our track record, and is in at number one this week. Wherever Sasha goes, this woman is not far behind. With uh, nineteen points, as the Bailey Dose straps and number one, I believe she's on Stephen Wilson's pick, which is uh, incredibly frustrating to have to praise a pick of Stephen's. <laughs> <laughs> Bailey's like the the draft MVP, isn't she? She's uh, yeah, you're quite right. Up there for the last couple of seasons, and probably, 
you know, one of the reasons that Stephen was able to to grow his lead a little bit this week. Mm-hmm. And not only that, Bailey's now the top scorer this season, overtaking Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting because she's always been a top pick in terms of not just females, but overall. I was sure that this would be one of our more quieter seasons, you know, because the SmackDown Women's Division was very thin, and so I thought they would be going in that programme with Sasha because they didn't have much else for her. And then she just, nah, that went out the window because now she's won half the tie chap. She's on everybody's show. I think she's aided with two more points because uh, she got the DQ one last night over like the bliss when Nikki Cross got involved. Yeah, this is where the, the coronavirus has helped in some way because the, the shows aren't all over the country. They're all in Florida. Loads of WWE superstars live in Florida and therefore are more available to appear in multiple shows. And uh, Bailey and Sasha are, you know, tops, top draws at the moment for them and seem to be absolutely, and as a consequence, are absolutely everywhere. It goes to show how good a week Sasha and Bailey had that they got into the top three despite Sasha's loss to Io Shirai at the, the Great American Bash, which was a big one for, for Daniel Campbell, who has Io Shirai on his team. And although I look at quickly at some of the other people like who had like people from the Great American Bash and Fighter Fest on their team, and if you don't mind, I'd like to point out that I'm now technically on minus one point with the best friends <laughs> because they lost to Kerry Omega and Hangman Page. I don't know what happened. I was so sure of this. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was selling myself. Mm, maybe I should put the captaincy on MVP. Like, no, the best friend, you know, because if they win, that'll be a big point scatter for you. Not realising how much the captaincy would negatively affect me, given that I got appearance points for Lance Archer appearing in the crowd during Fighter Fest, and then... I was not expecting to get the points when uh, Tegan Knox won in the four, but I was happy to see that result. And then, because of the negative impact of the best friends losing, I only moved up two fucking points this week. <laughs> after God, best friends are actually doing worse than the Usos right now. I mean, just when you were so desperate to get rid of the Usos as well. I say, like, this is just the first time they've probably been on since I got them, so... There's still things that turn around. I know they probably won't win the titles this season, even though they've put so much stock in these rankings and they've naturally claimed the bloody rankings. But, you know, it's, there's still time. If Private Party, by the way, beat them next week, like, it's kind of annoying because Best Friends beat Private Party to get that title shot in the fucking first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're it's, facing... it's a weird one overall. And it's mm-hmm. like no one really kind of thought that... I don't think anyone would have suspected Kenny and Hangman to retain... That's all I thought it was a certain pick. And then even like FTR seem to have kind of thrown themselves in the mix as well. I didn't think that would happen so soon, especially when they've got this young Bucks feud coming up. So it's, it's really just a big slap in the face for you, Scott. I don't know. It is an injustice, yet another injustice thrown against me. <laughs> but it, was a, it was actually a decent uh, Great American Bash for uh, Ryan Gallagher because even though he's in last, uh, Dexter Loomis, one of the few picks that he actually kept a dividends in that, what I thought was a really entertaining strap match against Roderick <laughs> Strong, better than I thought it would be. Uh, Gary, how many strap matches have you seen again? How many strap matches have I seen? Oh, yeah. um, I remember the first one I seen, I think, was Savio Vega versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. 
Are you um, sure? Are you sure it wasn't The Fiend versus Daniel Bryan? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Okay. Is I believe a, you. Is there a joke there that I'm missing? I was going to say, what? I don't get it. I think it was from the Royal Rumble show, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it was to do with... I don't know, never mind. That fell flat. That fell flat. It's our state, didn't it? Uh, I think we need uh, to... Uh, you made a fool of yourself there, Hopkins. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna ask Gary what was it like when you, when the first ever strap match happened. Yeah, you'll be up there with Quacko asking me about things that happened before I was born. <laughs> Disgraceful conduct on his part. I uh, he, he thought he was he thought he was being funny bringing up that Archie Gemmo's goal. Of, the World Cup for Scotland against Holland, but that, as I pointed out to him, that happened in 1978, a good few years before I was born. <laughs> uh, Jack, you got some appearance points for Santos Escobar this week, and for some reason, uh, Stephen has neglected to include Saturday Draft Live as a points getter, so you would have got more points because he appeared on that as well. But next week, he is in a six-man tag alongside Joaquin Wild and Raul Mendoza against Frizango and Ravik. Are you confident that will get you more points next week? Um, no. Uh, no. I feel that it's going to be a, a win in some way for Maverick pinning like one of the two goons with, with Wild or something, you know what I mean? And that will lead to an eventual Cruiserweight title match. I feel that maybe I'll get a a couple of appearance points before the match actually happens, but I don't know if it'll, if it'll win. There'll be some sort of weird ending for it. There'll be a, a title match down the road, but I'm, I'm, I'm not too worried. I feel that Santos has already kind of proven dividends already, so I'm quietly content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can see him still holding on to that title through the end of the season, so there should be yeah. some consistency in that respect. Uh, also in Fighter Fest, Cody and Hikaru Shida overtained their titles. I don't think that was ever in any doubt. So it was some good points for Grant and Alan, but not enough really to move them uh, further up the table. Grant, they're both still in the same positions they were before. Dave, we are talking about it the other week. There, there was something very interesting about this title v title match that we're going to see in the main event of the, the bash is that the both competitors are on the same draft team, and that is on Daniel Campbell's team. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, it's quite an interesting setup as well, and I've done my best to avoid uh, that spoiler pick that was sent out by one member of Indu Share. So uh, I don't know the result as of yet, but I had an interesting view to this because obviously, you know, both guys are in Daniel's team, and I was thinking, if this is a a title for title winner takes all, does that not technically make it, you know, whoever wins? successfully retains a title but also wins another title so it would be a double title match win so you would get double points I don't know what you guys think of that I'm going to say no because then that would probably take Daniel above Scott and we can't have all the <laughs> live points in the bottom half of the table yeah. all right. That's a good point, yeah. No, I think you I think you've got a point there, Hawkeye. I mean, I, generally I don't advocate for anything that doesn't do me any favours in this, so I'm quite happy <laughs> for it not to be uh, in this instance. But you know, I, I think technically you have a point there, um, because it is a a, a defence and a, a victory for somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm just doing my best to be like as impartial a host as I can be, whilst 
analyzing all the key points. I mean, that's that's my job here. I'm I'm an analyst, and I have to do it to the best of my job. Yeah, in theory, I, I agree with you in that you're taking one title and then winning another, and even though there would still be some negative points because one of these picks would have lost a title, mm-hmm. then it still would actually doing very well, like points wise. I see where you're coming from. But then, as Jack said, that would then take him above me. So I would recommend that you please keep your mouth shut with ideas like this. Yeah, and we Dave, all know you've got to know who you're loyal to, like, Dave. You know, what I mean, it's it's not it's not to the rest of people; it's to us three. Hey, some. Hey, listen. Sometimes the truth hurts. Okay, I just report facts as they are. You know, it's like I feel like a, a medical professional in America right now. We all know that the pod overlord, the evil uh, Stephen Wilson, if it was one of his picks. Uh, he would be advocating for the, or he would have decided that it was a, a, a victory and a defence in one go. So he's uh, just, you know, just as crooked as Trump trying to wow. light pieces up in the chessboard here. I know that's, I know that's being unfair to Donald Trump to compare him to Stephen. Captain Colin, neither of them have their own hair right now. <laughs> <laughs> Both of them are punching as well (laughs) And both their women are wondering How the fuck did I get (laughs) you Keep going, this is great (laughs) Unfortunately we do have to move on to the top 10 And very little has really changed Like position wise We've got Ryan Galler in number 10 with 54 uh, Dave, you're at 97, so I think you've given up at the stage, which is why you're advocating to help other people get points instead of you. <laughs> I don't know, I've got a resurgence with AJ Styles here, so and I'm very close to catching Jack and Alan. Well, Jack is in at number 8 with 103.5 points. Alan's just above my 106. Daniel Campbell has 122 points. I have 141 points. And number 5, Gary. Uh, you are in number four, kind of position you've been consistent in with 188 and a half points. Grant is 193 points. Ross just one point above him in second with 194 points. But I'm very concerned here because the gap is quite large between two and one. As Stephen Wilson is, 100, is 220 and a half points, which is just absurd. And I'm rooting for you, Gary, or Ross, or Grant. As I've said last week, the t- first two-time winner of the trap cannot be that bastard. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, we've moved, brought you on to talk about your team. We did talk about Sasha uh, a little bit ago. Something that's very interesting about your team, and we mentioned it on our transfer special, You well, you were one of two people who did not transfer people, but then Steve Wilson transferred his uh, tag team heavy machinery for Imperium. So you were the only person who didn't make any transfers. I'm interested to hear your uh, your reasoning behind that. Yeah, I I was uh, sort of mid mid draw there. So some of the the folk that I did have my eye on, you know, it's a it's a tricky place to be in the draft because some of the top picks get taken up, and you then got to think sort of. Through in terms of your strategies, who do you, who are you going, who are you going to pick up, and when are you going to pick them up, uh, and so on. And overall, I think um, my my team is, you know, last season I, I fell into this category where the, on paper the team looked good, 
Uh, but last season didn't didn't deliver for me. Whereas this season they're moving in the right direction, and with this being such a long season as well, what I'm trying to do is is get folk, folk in the team that would be involved with stories and be present a lot more. And I think that I've got that. And but even now, when we were doing the transfer window, there were some folk that weren't hugely prominent but have the potential to be so so like Candice Lurie for example uh, she was one of my last picks and with the the sort of thinness of the the women's roster at the moment you really once you get through your sort of first first picks as far as uh, the women's division is concerned there's not an awful lot left there or much to choose between but Candice's heel turn and now she's got more of a story and more of a direction that I'm not sure you could say she's ever really had in NXT so she she now now becomes a bit more interesting I had a long look uh, I was interested in Matt Riddle and MVP but Riddle got snapped up very quickly in the, the draft which I thought was the case and I was debating for a while about switching out Daniel Bryan for MVP but opted to, to leave it Although MVP is doing very well for is it you that's got MVP now, Scott? Uh, yeah, yeah, um, he's there. But you know, with him, he very rarely comes out when he wrestles. He very rarely comes out on the winning side of there. So I just thought, you know, you might be clocking up a lot of appearance points, but then losing points along the way. So I opted to, opted to keep Daniel Bryan, although he's not really got a prominent story just now. It looks like him and he, you know, WWE might be starting to pivot away from AJ and him. I'm not quite sure where that's going, but he'll probably be there on SmackDown, maybe not on the pay-per-views along the way. But yeah, overall, I'm really happy with the team. Seth Rollins, Daniel Bryan, Jeff Hardy, Sasha, Candice, Nanudi. Um and next week looks like it could be a, a good week with the New Day defending the title against Shinsuke and um, and Cesaro as well. I don't expect them to drop that title. I don't expect them to drop the title there at all. Mm. You know, Daniel Bryan, he is, when I look at uh, worth performing players for each team, he is yours. But despite that, he's, got, he's still got 15 points, which is better than anybody else's uh, Worst performing player, so when your worst performing pick is Daniel Bryan and he's got like 15 points, I think it shows your team's kind of working as is. And I remember Rollins was your former captain, and I think you've made the wise decision when changing to Sasha because despite Rollins still being a consistent part of the show for now, uh, you see the week that Sasha's had. So adding the captaincy on that, I think, was a smart move on your part. Yeah, I mean Seth. Um, he Seth was a star performer on my last team, and his heel turns obviously taking him into a, di- a completely different direction now. And he was the first feud that Drew had, which wasn't a great start for the to the season for me with him coming out in the losing end of that. Uh, he's, you know, him and his his newly constituted stable are. Um, are always there and thereabouts and he's getting into a wee bit more interesting feuds at the moment now. Obviously he's got the one with the Mysterios going on at the moment. So just a really different performance for, for Seth and you know, on paper at the start of the season he was you know, 
looking back on it, maybe could have went with, maybe could have and should have went with the new day, but I don't. But I didn't certainly anticipate the new day picking up the tag titles when they did. Um. So it, it looked like he was the best decision for the captaincy then, but switching over to Sasha just now, and she's on this 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 run is certainly proven to be a, a good decision for me. Jeff Hardy was another one, you know. Um, at the start of it, there was lots of rumours that with Matt going off, WWE keen to retain Jeff, that he would be getting more of a, a push. So we've seen a sort of slow introduction with the video packages. I, the only downside with Jeff is um, I didn't really see him coming out in the losing end in that, those, that feud with Sheamus. So I think that it's clearly not finished with that just yet. Um, but that's the only bump in the road as far as he was concerned. Otherwise, he'd been uh, probably as the year goes on, might become into more prominent feud, so it might be a really good pick for somebody, uh, a real strong pick in the next season. Yeah, I think, yeah, Jeff, this feud with Seamus is still ongoing, so mm-hmm. see a big one for him at Extreme Rules, possibly, after mm-hmm. having the toast on SmackDown. The New Day uh, is very interesting because if they do lose to Cesaro and Shinsuke, which I think could be a possibility because they are like one of the few proper like threats they've got on SmackDown because the division is very thin right now. Yeah. Uh, how do you think that will impact your team overall? Do you think that'll be a major pull to your team, or do you think your team is strong enough you can still recover? I think uh, I'm feeling quite optimistic with the team. If you think through right to SummerSlam, you can see Seth and meaning a strong story the way through there. Jeff and Daniel Bryan should be involved. Sasha and Bailey might be on their collision course heading into the summer. Not 100% sure where things are going with Candice, although that looks interesting. So if the New Day lost the title to Shinsuke and and Cesaro, I'm just not sure what... I'm trying to think of myself as the booker here. What would be the rationale for for switching the title over now? I'm not sure there's much benefit from doing it now. It'd be better to have a sort of program with it leading through to a, a big bigger payoff. Um, just now, so I, I I'm hopeful that they'll retain. But um, you are absolutely right. The tag division is is thin, thin at the moment. The new day. Um, you know, playing hot potato with the titles not is is never a great thing to do as well. That title could would benefit from being on Sunday for a bit longer because I mean it's jumped about a fair bit this year, hasn't it? Well, and it, what do you do with the new day if you take the titles off them? As well, I'm not sure yeah, that there's any interest in the WWE for singles runs for either of them. Yeah, at the moment. Uh, Jack, do you guys have anything else you want to ask Gary about his team? Aye, I've got, I've got a question for Gary. No, I, I don't want this to come off as being like a bit gallus. Right? I'm going to put you on, put you on, put you on bash a wee bit. The, Ryan Gallagher came on a few weeks ago, I was in the transfer special, and he, as much as, much as it pains me to admit to agreeing to something of that kind of prick, you know what I mean? He, he kind of put you on blast as well, saying that surely it's worth the risk trading out Daniel Bryan because he's always your lowest point scorer, and he's he might not be getting you as much as what you'd like on into the kind of final stretch of the season. 
would it not have been a bit of a risk to kind of trade? It's only a five-point deficit you would have taken to at least try make a stab at getting closer to the top three or whatever because you can view it as maybe being a bit of kind of complacent and comfortable with where you are now. You aren't want to shake it up. Do you know I think it's uh, the risk-reward benefit was there to do that? I mean, I did think about it um, and opted against it because the decision ultimately came was well, who who's available that's going to get you more points um, along the way in a, you know, Matt, if I could have got Matt Riddle I'd have taken Matt Riddle and I'd have swapped Daniel Bryan out for him but Riddle got snapped up before he, I got the chance to do so um, so there was nobody else available that I really thought would would have got me more points than Daniel Bryan uh, especially then she said Jack you'd lo- the lost five points as well so um, I just wasn't convinced there was anybody available that would have helped me more help help you know there was no big hitters as far as I was concerned that was going to help and f- you know what 40 points behind Stephen 13 points behind Grant or 12 and a half behind Grant 13 and a half behind Ross um, I'm quietly confident about the way this is going that's fair enough fair enough yep uh, yeah, I've just got one question as well. Like, obviously, Sa- Sasha and Bailey have been heavily featured on WWE TV for the last few months now. And did you not think um, when you chose Seth Rollins originally as your captain, did were you did you think that Seth was going to lose the WWE title, or did you honestly think he was going to win at Money in the Bank? Uh, and just to follow up from that, do you regret not making Sasha Banks your captain much earlier on? Um, I didn't expect Seth to to, to win the, the title. No, I didn't, I didn't expect that. I expected him to be featured prominently and to have wrestled more on Raw than he did in the early days. Um, so, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, though, Dave, uh, I would, you know, making Sasha the captain from the start would have been the right thing to do. But Sasha, you know, when I picked her, there was a lot of, as I said earlier on, there were a few raised eyebrows uh, about that pick. She was the first uh, of the women that I picked. And, and that yeah, there were a lot of raised eyebrows about that because Sasha's not been a great performer. And actually, she's not won. You know, her win-loss record in WWE TV is not great either. So, um, yeah, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, it would have been better to have made that call. I'd be interested in asking you guys, you know, you know, the question that Jack put at me, if you were in my position, who would you have swapped Daniel Bryan out for? See, honestly, I don't know if I'd swapped Bryan out for them. For me, I think the person that's doing worse for you in terms of wins, wins or losses is Candice LeRae, because I don't think she's winning that, as much as you got first eliminated in the four-way, and well, we don't know what's going to happen in the street fight. I think Brian O'Brien is more valuable of a fight than Nicanor Therese. Although, again, I think the issue with her is who do you transfer with? Because I didn't transfer any, like, I thought about transferring Tegan, but then I thought, well, who do I get replaced with? Because the majority of top female picks had already been taken. Yeah. See, I think you would, she should have kept Candice because she is um, still making regular appearances on NXT and whenever <laughs> Johnny Gargano appears, Candice often appears with him. So I, I think you should have kept and I think you definitely should have swapped Brian out. 
But again, this also plays back to the fact that, you know, where where do you stand on the leaderboard? Because that's how the order was determined. And mm-hmm. let's assume that Scott didn't choose MVP. I think MVP was actually his second transfer because yeah, he, yeah, he got rid of the Usos first. I think, Gary, that would have been your opportunity to swap Daniel Bryan for MVP. And MVP's already got Scott 10 points. So he's very nearly caught up to Daniel Bryan's score already. I think that would have been a, a huge uh, a huge boost for you. We talked about like the importance of like you talked about the impact of the five point penalty and that maybe thinking about taking more risk if you're near the top of the table as opposed to the bottom. Like well Ryan was at the bottom and he made quite a few transfers so incurred a couple of penalties. Whereas Gary I think was smart and not incurring a penalty because like he's keeping his position near the top because like the top three for the majority of the season have been a combination of Ross, Stephen, and uh, Grant, and some combination or another. Whereas Gary consistently seems to be just on the outside of the top three, just there. And I was, I'm usually just behind him in five, but I think my chances are slim now without Charlotte. So I actually think, yeah, uh, Gary, I've heard a lot of people say that you're kind of the dark horse to win this because you're just outside the top three, just at any point you can just crack it. I know our good friend David Campbell is behind you. Yeah, that that great man <laughs> has been um, has been uh, championing my my cause and from from day one actually. Um, he, when he seen the the teams lined up, he did uh, message me to say he thought that I was I would be a strong contender for winning. I I, mean, I didn't think so because I didn't have a great. I wasn't wasn't one of the first picks in the draft. You know, mid mid table was quite a hard spot to pick pick from um, on it. But yeah, I'm happy with the team. I'm really pleased with the process. I can see you know most of the character, most of the people I have in the draft have something to do, which is what you hope for. There's nobody in the team, you know, as you said with Daniel Bryan on 15 points. You know, there's nobody not contributing mm-hmm. in some way or form at the moment. Brian's too talented for WWE not to do something with. So whilst he's maybe he, he's not been in a bit prominent position just now, you've got to think he's going to the, the, have to find something for him to do. And he'll probably either the, the MVP points are interesting. One, it'll be interesting just to see how it falls out because you know when when Brian wrestles, he, I'm still more confident that he'll come out in the winnings side of the match matches he has more often than MVP will mm-hmm. MVP will definitely be getting good appearance points with him doing the you know, being on Raw and him having three hours to fill out doing his talk show appearing with Lashley and so on so MVP is a cracking pick for appearance points the reason I opted against him is I just think that you know if he's going to eat, eat a lot of pinfalls and you could lose too many points along the way with them to, to and therefore undo the appearance points. I remember the last season I picked Lana thinking, well, I just need somebody that's going to get me appearance points. And then the blood first bloody week, she ended up in the match and <laughs> lost. It's like, well, there's goes any benefit there <laughs> of the appearance points. You have already picked her this season because for some reason they insist on keeping her on TV and she won't go away. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So no, I'm happy with the team, and if you look at the the sort of progress it's making, we're sort of heading in the right direction and picking up a decent number of points every week, as as well. So 
Um, quietly optimistic. Obviously, it's a big gap with the 40 points between Stephen and me, but it would just be glorious defeat that crooked bastard. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a victory for us all. Uh, we'll have a party when Gary wins. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, bet. No, no, I would say it. <laughs> I was going to say, probably keep that, whatever you're saying to yourself. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's always like, always seems to be always in a, a big event worth getting points every almost every other week now, because we've still got, with the rest of the season, you've got next week's Fighter Fest and Great American Bash, you've got uh, Fight for the Fall and the following week, so I'm assuming NXT will have something the same week to try and counter that as well. Uh, you've got Extreme Rules, you've got SummerSlam, I'm sure there'll be a takeover that weekend so mm-hmm. any of these like, occasions somebody in the position that you're in Gary it's just one big like uh, pay-per-view win like, away from getting those extra points I'll just push them like, to the top I know you might suffer just a few points because your captain will probably lose to Asuka mm-hmm. but I think as we discussed you've got a team that's doing enough everybody's doing something that you can still like hold that position and Talking of extreme rules, I should mention that Sasha's won Asuka. Uh, I've had a note from Ross who didn't who neglected to tell us before last week's show. He told us like hours after the show was released, so I had to tell you it now. Uh, that Asuka is now Ross's captain, so unfortunately, it's like guys yeah, lost maybe Ross's game come extreme rules as they uh, switched out from Alistair Black, who WWE seemed to have dropped the ball with this past season, and mm-hmm. Asuka, which I think is sprung. Yeah, Asuka's been one of the stars for this um, during this COVID era for WWE, hasn't she? So I, probably a really good decision from Ross. I mean, I would love her to come out and lose in the end of Extreme Rules, but I don't expect that to happen. Ross, uh, Ross is on strike two for me now. You know what I mean? He's <laughs> first, he, he told us, well, I mean, not first, I'll say this, this is probably second that happened. You know, he told us, like, actually a couple of hours after recording, oh, I've changed my cat and say, doesn't take much to tell you when we were recording last week that was happening. That could have been a big scoop now to that <laughs> a we aside at the end when it counts for Jack Jack, Jack <laughs> you know what I mean? And now he, he he wasn't on the raw report for the past three weeks. That's that's the that's the first strike. So you know he's got he's got one more with me and I was be gone last him. It will be Scott will be the permanent member for Raw Report and Saturday Draft Live. So he's in very, very thin ice for us. <laughs> should have already been on should have already been on two strikes by now with that abysmal performance they put in at takeover in your house and that prediction. <laughs> I know he's, he's lucky that I managed to pull the streets back to one apiece. If I didn't he'd be he'd be gone. I'd have him rid of this podcast. Can we not just agree that this podcast would be a lot better if we just fired Ross? <laughs> uh, debatable. <laughs> Ross could be in a position with a week of extreme rules to move in even closer to the number one position, given that he's at number two right now. As the same week that Asuka might retain against uh, Sasha, it's also the same week that we're getting the finally getting the match between Brian Cage and John Moxley, so two big like championship retentions, one of them being his captain, like he, these are the kind of weeks you're hoping for, especially if we're getting down to the last few weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and a weird aside here, I was just looking at the, the stats of the season. Charlotte, despite not uh, being no longer being NXT Women's Champion and now being taken out, is still the best NXT performer of the season so far. Although I imagine whoever wins that take over title match makes an overtaker. Mm-hmm. Is she technically an NXT performer though? Because she's kind of back on Raw now. Well, well, she, well, she was NXT champion. So. 
<laughs> okay. I'm just saying, I'm just going with the, the stats that we've been provided. You being the stats man, you should... That, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm correcting you, you you're, uh, you're fake news here. <laughs> I mean, earlier this season, Charlotte was Sorry, Scott. Earlier this season, Charlotte was everywhere. She looked like she was going to be the, you know, the real top scorer for this season. But yeah, um, I think you're right to classify her as a, a earlier in the season as an NXT performer. It looks like she, when she probably comes back, she'll go back onto Raw. Mm-hmm. Mm, probably. Yeah. But uh, that is all the time we do have for this week. What a thank Gary Kernan for coming on this week to discuss uh, his team. Thank you, guys. It's good to catch up with you. It's nice to be back on Saturday Drive Draft Live. It's a shame it's not with the goat, but you three are you three are doing a good job. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. Wish you the best in uh, this going forward. But if you want to, we love the good times we had when the goat was on this show. And you can tune, go back in the back catalogue of Suplex Retreat as well. So, oh, I did draft like we've done before this one, after you've done nothing this episode, and as well as all the other shows, like the Raw Report that Jack mentioned, anyway, back to the wrestling, Wednesday Night Wars, so many other shows, East Meet Fest, as well as our main feed, East Meet Fest, on the same Android podcast that you can get this one on, where our most recent episode was on the current COVID era of wrestling that we find ourselves in, and... Next week, we'll be looking at the, the last reviews of The Undertaker. And you can also follow us on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Suplex Retreat. And this week, we have one other special plug, as next week, we'll see the return of Quiz Showdown, as Daniel Campbell will be back in the host chair uh, on ESSR's YouTube page, where the defending champion, Alan Lucas, will be putting his Quiz Showdown title, I guess, on the line against myself, Raku Aji, Sarah Grieve, and the handsome man of podcast with Nathan Fisher. It's been too long since we've had Nathan on. Um, we'll see who comes out on top. And I would like to say that I feel like I'm the Christian of Quiz Showdown. I was one point away from the win. I just need one more match and I, I know I can win that quiz because <laughs> Alan off, all of his victories his big Wrestlemania victory a year and a bit ago and this he always flipped his way and he's big win Nathan mm-hmm. I'll give me two he could possibly do it if he doesn't Nathan Fisher himself I guess Sarah and Kwaku you know, they're good they hosted Wednesday Night Wars recently I think it could have done with more David Hockney on that show but you know that's Neither here or there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying try to be negative here, but you know, I will not settle for it being any less than the best here. And I will run through all of you on that quiz because this year needs to be the show of champions. We have Jack Graham, the three six five champion, we have the ASSR champion, David Hockney. Mm-hmm. And we me, the quiz showdown champion. This this is what how it has to be here on this show. It's coming. You know what? It's coming. coming. (laughs) Scott, if you fail next week, it could be a real lose lose for you because obviously you have the embarrassment of losing, particularly after that that promo. But also, you'll be on a virtual quest with Nathan, which means you don't even get to look at the most handsome man (laughs) as well. So you lose lose. Probably for the best because you know his tactics. He'll try and distract you with those beautiful eyes of his. <laughs> <laughs> Get lost and forget the, forget the answers you put down. Those better eyes. 
We need to be a trifecta of champions on this show here. So, I mean, you're good at this, Scott. You know, you you don't you can't let us down here. You know, you're you're good at quizzes. You'll you'll smash it. Yeah, I know Nathan Fisher has got Betty Davis eyes, but he's got no chance against me at quiz showdown. <laughs> but, uh, with all my with all my big headedness out of the way, uh, I want to say thank you to my usual co-host David and Jack. No worries. Right, thank Thanks. you. I'll, I'll, I'll apologise now, Gary, because I probably won't get a chance to speak to you again. The Iconics do eventually take those wounds, tag belts off Sasha and Bailey. Captain's <laughs> change will prove dividends there for myself. Uh, that'll be a while yet, Jack. That'll be a while yet. <laughs> well, and from all of us here and our special guest, Gary Kernan, we'll, we'll all bid you adieu and see you next week. <laughs>